Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Good morning, everybody. And I just want to say also, hey, to those who are watching online, thank you for being part of our, our service today. I want to say that your your presence here today is is a gift. It really is. I mean, you, you may not think about that, but it is it is a gift from God that you're saying. You know what? Uh, the worship of God is a priority in my life. It's saying that uh, that I'm honoring the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. And I'm, and you're just showing up. There's other things you could do. There's other places you could be. And you are making a statement of a gift to God of saying, I love you, God, and I'm making you a priority in my life. Also, when we're singing songs, when we're singing songs of worship, you may not think about this, but it's a gift. You're giving God a gift of your, of your worship and, and, again, saying, God, I love you. When you, are, when you, when you gave today, you're again, you're saying, God, thank you. It's a gift, it's a gift of your, your tithes and offerings. So just by showing up and doing what you're doing, it's, uh, it is, you're showing God, it's a, it's a statement. And I just want to, you may not think of it in that way, but way to go. Uh, you know, last week we started a series called Occupy, and it's a series about uh, that we're, we're taking a look at, at two different generations. One generation that, that, that uh, both of the generations were offered a chance to go into the promised land. And one of them did not make it. And we got to find out why did they not make it? What was it about them that made it where they did not go into the promised land? The other one was a, they, they made it into the promised land. And we got to take a look at that and say, what was it about them that made it where they went in the promised land? And something we have to understand, too, is the promised land for, for them and for us is not just a geographical location. It is, it is really where we are living in the way that God wants us to live. That we are, are, are living in the, the bounty of God, the blessing of God, the, the favor of God, the, 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 this, the, the obedience to God, the love of God, all of that. And for, for them, they, God set them free from Egypt, but then they, they never went into the promised land, that first set. What they did is they just spent a lot of time doing laps in the wilderness. And I want you to know God's will for you is just, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's God's will for your life. But if you know him as Lord and Savior, but you've been just doing laps in the wilderness, that is not God's will for your life. He has even better for, for you. And my hope for you, my prayer for you as your pastor, is that every single one of us who's hearing the sound of my voice right now, you're in the promised land and not in the land of Egypt and not just doing laps in the, in the wilderness. So we're going to take a look at three things that, uh, at, at, at what, what Joshua and Caleb did that made it where they were able to go into the promised land. Because remember, we took a look last week and we said this, that first of all, God has an inheritance for every one of us. And we said that God doesn't just want you to, first, he wants you to know you have an inheritance. Second, he wants you to know what your inheritance is. And third, he wants you to be living in that inheritance. And last week, we also took a look that, and said that Moses sent out 10, 12 spies. And, and even though the spies saw the exact same thing, they came to completely different conclusions. Ten of them came to completely different conclusions than the other two. And the first thing that they, they did is they focused on the different things. So here's the first thing we need to do is we need to pay attention, pay close attention to what we're focusing on. And here's, listen to what those, uh, what those uh, 10 focused on. It says in verse 28, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there, which was a group of people. 
Then verse 31, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. The land we explored devours those living in. All the people we saw were of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there, which is another group of people. What did they focus on? What was the whole thing they were focusing on? They were focusing on their problems. They were focusing on their difficulties. They were focusing on their struggles. They were focusing on the things that were, that were, that were going to be a problem. Did they, how many, let me ask you this. How many times did they mention God in that that you saw? Zero. Not one time did they ever mention, mention God. Now look at Joshua and Caleb. They saw the same thing, but watch what they focused on. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, notice that, the Lord pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel, rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Did you see a difference? The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. They, all they were talking about is the Lord. All one of them was talking about is the problems. All the other group was talking about is the, the Lord. One of them, the ones who's focusing on the problems, they are filled with fear, and they're saying, we can't make it to the promised land. The one who's focused on God, they are saying, they're filled with faith, and they're saying, absolutely, with God's help, we can make it to the, to the promised land. And, and what happens when we lose our focus? Go ahead and show that up there. Or not. There's supposed to be a, a there we go, there we go. All right, look, look at this. I mean, when we, have, when we get off focus, everything gets blurry, right? When we get off focus, we don't see things as they really are. And, and look, at how, look at some examples of that where they are not seeing things as they really are. When we get off focus, we lose perspective. Here's an example. The land we, expo uh, we explore devours those who, who live in it. Really? Seriously. Okay, the land is devouring people. Are you telling me that you saw like a rock go up and just grab somebody and chew them for, for breakfast? Is that what you're telling me? But isn't that weird? You and I know what that feels like, don't we? When we are focused on the problem and we are absolutely convinced that that problem is going to have us for lunch, right? We're absolutely convinced that that problem is going to, is going to undo us. It is, going to, it is going to take us down. And think of how many times have you done that and you've seen, you thought this problem was going to absolutely eat you for lunch, and then you realize it's just a rock when you take a, look, take a look at it. Look at the next one. All of the people were of great size. Seriously? Again, seriously? All the people were of great size. Little babies, they're great size. Little toddlers, they're of great size. Everybody there is of great size. Do you see how we can get everything out of proportion? And it's kind of like this. I saw that, have you ever looked in a binocular the wrong way? Where everything, you know, that's supposed to look, you know, big is so small. And then if you look in the right way, things that are small look really big. And isn't that what we can do with life? Sometimes if we look at our problems the, the wrong way, they can look really, really big when in reality they're small. And when we look at God the wrong way, he can look really, really small when in reality he is really big. And here's this thing. Everyday issues sometimes can get out of focus and they can become enormous. Everyday problems, everyday situations that we face can become overwhelming if we're looking at the problem instead of our God. Also this, watch what, uh, what losing focus did to their self-image. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we looked like grasshoppers to them too. Wow, wow, wow. 
I mean, all of a sudden, you start focusing on the wrong thing, and you start picturing yourself as a bug. And when you start picturing yourself as a bug, all the other things, you know, things, uh, a lot of times there's a, there's a problem. And I love this. We look like grasshoppers to them, too. How do they know they look like grasshoppers to them? Did they come up and say, hey, what do we look like? Grasshoppers, see, I told you. I told you. I thought we looked like that. Sometimes in, we start assuming things about life. We start assuming things about God. We start assuming things about our situation. We start assuming things about our problem when we get things off focus. We lose perspective of, uh, of everything. And we noticed that. We saw that when we did the study on the battle for the mind, right? What we saw is when, you've, when you see yourself as a victim you're gonna, and, and think of it in that way, you're going to live out a victim life. When you see yourself as somebody who's just going to have everything wrong happen to them, lo and behold, a lot of times that's going to be a self-fulfilled prophecy. When you see yourself as an overcomer and more than a conqueror and things like that, the chances are you're going to see that a whole lot more in your life. We see in life what we're focusing on and what we're, uh, what we're putting our mind to. Look at these other things. These are, these are blow me away. Two other completely false conclusions that they come to. That night, starting with Numbers 14... All the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in the desert, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Whoa, did you see that? I mean, another thing they said, it was because there weren't enough graves in Egypt that God brought us out into, uh, away from Egypt. Can you imagine this? I mean, look at what they are doing. The God who has done nothing but deliver them from captivity. The God who has done nothing but to, but to bless them and look after them and, and made, a, made a sea part for them where they walked on dry ground and, 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 and led them and guided them with a, with a pillar of cloud by, by day and a pillar of fire by, by night and, and provided manna for them and provided uh, water from a rock and all these things. They are absolutely convinced that this God who has done nothing but bless them is out to get them. And the reason he brought them out there was for nefarious uh, reasons that he wanted. He only brought them out there to destroy them, not to bless them. The thing, before we, you know, go off on them, a lot of people have that view of God. There's so many people in our culture, so many people, and even Christians, that truly believe that God is out to get them. That they believe the God, even though the God has created them, and every blessing that they have in life is from, from God, and God has died for, for them so they could have eternal life, they are convinced that God is out to get them. I see this a lot sometimes when people come from, from different faith backgrounds, and sometimes if your faith background said that God is like a cosmic uh, sheriff, that all he's doing is waiting for you to do something wrong so he can blast you, May I, may I suggest that maybe you have the wrong view of God? Maybe, may I suggest that maybe the view of God that has been given to you is not the view of the God from the, from the Bible? I mean, so many times there's, I remember one time I saw this guy, this big guy, and he's wanting to beat up this, this much smaller guy, and this other guy is going, no, 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 don't do it, man. Just back off, just back off, don't do it. Don't get him, man, you're bigger than him, you can just back off. There's so many people, that's their view of God the Father and God the Son. The God of the Father is just wanting to mess somebody up and just take somebody down and everything. And God the Son is, no, don't do it, Dad. Don't do it. Don't blast them. Don't do that. And if that's your view of God, again, the God the Father is the one that God sent God the Son out of his love and his grace and his care for you. And, and Moses said about that same time, listen to the words that Moses, who knew God intimately, this is what he said about God. 
The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, and forgiving sin and rebellion. That doesn't mean God's not holy. He's holy, holy, holy. But God loves. God is a God of grace. God is a God of forgiveness. God is a God who's not out to get you. He's a God who's out to bless you. He's the God who wants you in the promised land and has done everything he can to get you in the promised land. He's not the one that's out to get you. The other thing is slavery in Egypt. Listen to this one. Slavery in Egypt is preferable to freedom with God. That's what they were believing. They said this. We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. What? I mean, what was Egypt for them? Egypt was the, the place where they had been in bondage for 400 years. They were slaves in Egypt. They were treated like dogs and beaten like mules in, in Egypt. They were, Egypt was the place they cried out, God, deliver us from this. God, deliver us, deliver us, deliver us. And now they're wanting to go back to Egypt. They are absolutely convinced that life without God is better than life with God. And again, isn't that a lot of people in our culture that the reason they never give their life to Christ they never turn to God is because they're truly convinced that Satan has them convinced that life without God is going to be better with life with God and I know what that feels like because I believe that same lie for several years of my life one reason I didn't come to faith in, in Christ is just I really believed that life would be better, that trying to live my own life, that God really was this cosmic killjoy that didn't want me to enjoy life, even though that he was the one who gives life, even the one who, he's the one who gives peace and he gives joy. He created pleasure. He created those things. And I'm somehow twisted into thinking that this is the God that's going to withhold from me and this is the God that life is better without God than, than with God. And maybe if you're thinking that, and I really believe last night I was praying for this, that there's going to be people in this room right now and people listening to me to, today that you're convinced, you've convinced to this point that, that's, that that was the case. And I want you to say, I want to say life with God, life with the one who created life is going to be better than the one who, uh, without that. And maybe even today you just want to say, God, I give my life to you. I give my life to the one who gave his life for, uh, for, for me. And so um, the other thing is, is, too, is so we pay attention to what God is, uh, to, to what we focus on, but also pay close attention to who and what we listen to. Listen to the, the, all those 10 spies did. All they did was, negative, 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 we're going to die, we're going to die, everything's, everything's horrible, Never, you know, just negative, negative, negative. I love what Caleb does. He's one of the two spies that saw something different. He said this. Then Caleb interrupted and told the people to be quiet <laughs> before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. T Caleb tells the people to shut up. He says, this is what you're doing. This is what you need to, need to do because you're not helping anything. All this negativity, you're not helping the people. You're not helping me. You're not helping anybody. You just need to shut up and be quiet because all this, all this negativity is just poisoning a whole generation. All it's doing is poisoning, poisoning that. And, and I thought of that. It wasn't because they weren't aware that there were giants in the land. It, God, they weren't putting their head in the sand and pretending they didn't, that those giants didn't exist and everything. What they're saying is, is this. They're saying, I don't need to tell, have somebody tell me about my giants. I need somebody to tell me about my God. And that's probably true in your life. I don't need, I'm aware of my giants. 
I'm aware of the problems. I'm aware of the difficulties. So are you. You're aware of the difficulties in your life. You don't need anybody telling you about your giants. What you need and what I need, we need people telling us about how great God is and how big God is and how, and how the promises of God remind us of the promises of God and remind us of the fact that we were created for the promised land and remind us of the fact that we're going to be the ones doing the devouring, not the one that's going to be de- devoured. Amen? And, you know, I thought of this, too. I thought, if somebody, you know, if you had a, some water and somebody said, hey, would you mind if I spit in here? Or, you know, would you mind if I put some mud in here? Would you mind if I, you know, got some water out of the toilet and put that put in there? You'd go, yeah, I do. I absolutely mind. I don't want any of the things you said. We don't want anything that's going to pollute our, what we put in our body. We don't want that. But how many times do we allow people to pollute our minds? That we, that, we, that we expose ourselves to people. We expose ourselves to things that are just going to be negative, negative, negative. I mean, and, and we'll go on with that in a second. And I'm not saying to pretend that the problem doesn't exist. We talked about that last time. It's not that we just bury our head in the sand and say, you know, all we can say is, you know, there is no problem, there is no problem, there is no problem. No, God doesn't want us to be fake. But here's the thing, we should always be able to say at the end of that, if we have a problem, to be able to say, God's bigger than my problem. There's no problem that God can't deliver me from. There's no problem, there's no giant that scares God. There's no walled city that intimidates God. That's what we need to be doing and focusing on. That's the words that we need to be hearing. And please hear this. There's some of you that have never entered your promised land because of this, because you've heard voices of negativity. And, and because you've listened to voices that have said things contrary to, to that. And maybe it was growing up that maybe a parent or a coach or a teacher or a significant person in your life said things like, you're never going to make it, you're a failure, you're a disappointment, you're never going to be able to do what, you, you, what you're talking about doing. And you've listened to those voices and you're absolutely convinced that you were created to do, wall, to do laps in the wilderness when God's created you for something else. You've been listening to the wrong voices for years. And maybe it's right now you're listening to the wrong voices. Maybe there's some voices around now that are saying things against you and, 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 and putting you down from, from who you were created to be. And maybe, 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 don't miss this, maybe the voice that's strongest in negativity is your own voice. Maybe it's the voice that that's, your voice has been the one saying that, man, I will never be the, the husband I should be. I'll never be the, the dad I should be. I'll never be the wife. I'll never be the mom. I'll never be the Christian. I'll never be the whatever that I should be. And you're the voice that's saying you belong in the wilderness instead of in the, in the, the promised land. Listen to what Paul says. And that's the thing. Uh, whatever the voice is coming from, it's taking you out of what God's called you into. And we need to rebuke that, and we need to know where that voice is coming from because it's not from God, because God created you to be in the promised land. Paul says this. He says in Romans 10, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of God. I want to give you kudos again. The reason you're listening to this message right now, you are positioning yourself where you're going to strengthen your faith. Those who brought your kids to here, you have positioned your children. You've positioned your youth. You've positioned whatever for, for them to hear the word of God so they can, their faith can be strengthened. In other words, our faith is strengthened not because, or our faith is relying on what we're listening to, not on what our circumstances are. And that's important. And notice this, not only does faith come from hearing the word of God, negativity comes from not hearing the word of God, right? 
I mean, think about how many times we're negative because we've been listening to, so, you know, to so, we've been on social media or been listening to all the news stations that all of them, it seems, is negative, 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 and we wonder why we're negative about the world. We wonder why we're negative about the, the life and everything, and we need to realize that negativity, that doubt comes from listening as, as well, just like, just like faith does. And just maybe here's just some of the things that God says about your situation. And says this, that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. He says that he will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He says that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. He says that even though you walk, you go through the the river, it will not uh, sweep over you. And even though you go through the fire, you will not be burned. He says goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And I could go on and on and on. And maybe if we started listening to that and focusing and pouring ourselves into the word of God and what he says about us instead of all the negativity and all those things, maybe we just need to do what Caleb said and shut up to all those things and say, God, you speak to me. You know, there's one person that came up to me after a service a few weeks ago and said, you know, every day I say, God, I say, any voice that is not of God, get out right now in the name of Jesus. And he said, it's amazing how he goes through life just with, you know, with, with just a more positive attitude and everything. And so we pay attention to what we focus on. We pay close attention to who and what uh, we listen to and what we're listening to. And the third thing is we pay close attention to what we say as well. The, notice, this, notice this. The ten spies didn't lie. Okay, the land was occupied, wasn't it? There were giants in the land, weren't there? There were walled cities with, that, are, that were really intimidating, weren't there? They didn't lie. I mean, what they said was absolutely the truth. But here's the problem. Don't miss this, how the Bible put this. Numbers 13 says this, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that was explored. It didn't say they, they, that it was a, a false report. It was a bad report. And so listen to this. It, they, they didn't blow it by what they saw. They blew it by what they said. And we can blow it by what we say. What comes out of our mouth has an effect. It has an effect on our life. It has an effect on on this world. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, out of the overflow of a person's heart, their mouth speaks. So if we, have, if we have joy coming from our mouth, if we, have, if we have peace, if we have encouragement, if we have all those things, if we have love coming from our mouth, that says what's in our heart. But if we have hatred coming out and bad words and harsh words and everything coming out of our heart, that's an indication of what's in there. And if the wrong thing's coming out of our mouth, we need to do a heart check and see why that, why that is. Paul says this, I believe, therefore I've spoken. And with that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. If we're full of fear, it's going to come out of our mouth. If we're full of faith, that's going to come out of our mouth too. Listen to what Jesus says. This is powerful. Truly, I tell you, when Jesus says truly, he tells you something, it's real. He says, if anyone says, not just anyone thinks, not if anyone prays, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Do you realize what God is saying? Jesus is saying our words have creative power. And maybe we see things in our life based on what's coming out of our, our, our mouth. I mean, remember that God created the world by what he said. He created the universe with a, with a voice. And whose, whose image are we created in? So what's coming out of our mouth makes a difference. In fact, the Bible says this, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. 
And you know that, and I know that. I mean, we've had somebody say the wrong thing to us at the wrong time, and we've had a great day, and man, we are down the rest of the day. Or we've had a bad day, and somebody says the right thing. Man, we feel like taking on the world, because why? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And what we say to people, we either are bringing life to our family, death to our family, the people around us, to our schools, to our jobs, based on what we do. But don't miss this. We either bring life or death to ourselves based on what's coming out of, our, out of our mouth. Now watch this. The 10 spies listen to the declarations that they made and how negative those are. The people are too strong for us. We won't defeat them. They'll defeat us. The land will devour us. It would be better to die in the wilderness than go up against these people, and we aren't able to possess the land. Well, guess what happened? They weren't, they, 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 they couldn't defeat the people. The land did devour them. They did die in the wilderness. They weren't able to possess the land. What we, what we focus on and what comes out of our mouth and what we listen to can determine our destiny. But listen to this, I love this Joshua and Caleb. I'm gonna read what we said before. The land we passed through and explored is ex exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us in into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. They're the ones that are saying, with God's help, we're going to take this. And watch this. Don't miss this. The, they believed God would defeat their enemies, and God defeated their enemies. They believed and they declared that they would be the devourers, not the devourees. And guess what? They were the devourers. They believed that God would come through for them and every promise that God said. And you know what he did? God came through for them every promise that he said. They believed that with God's help, they were going to enter the land and, and occupy the land. And you know what? They occupied the land. They were the only two people out of an entire generation that saw that, that saw the promised land, that occupied, that entered the promised land. What we think about, what we focus on, what we listen to, and what we say has a big impact on what happens in our life, whether we do laps in the wilderness or whether we make it to the promised land. If we could pray. God, thank you that you created us for a great inheritance. Lord, help us to focus on the right things. Help us to focus on you and not our problems. God, we want you to become bigger and bigger, bigger in our life and our problems become smaller and smaller and smaller. God, forgive us when, forgive us when we have ever thought that you were out to get us instead of out to, to be our, our faithful friend and our incredibly dear Heavenly Father. Forgive us when we have thought that you were trying to, to smush us instead of love us, that, you, that life would be better without you than with you. God, we repent of those lies from the enemy. And Lord, right now, help us to focus on the right things. Help us to listen to the right things and listen to the, the, what you say about us, that we're not grasshoppers, we're children of the living God, that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. God, help us to listen to what you say about us. Not any label we've put on ourselves, not any label that Satan has put on us, not any label that anybody else has put on us. And God, help us what comes out of our mouth to be positive. Help us to be words of, of life over other people and over ourselves. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen.
Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.